This podcast episode is sponsored in part by District 31 Toastmasters, serving Eastern Massachusetts, USA, and Rhode Island, USA. District 31 helps Toastmasters become better communicators and leaders. Learn how District 31 Toastmasters can help you become a more powerful speaker and impactful leader by visiting district31.org slash talking Toastmasters. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Talking Toastmasters is a podcast all about Toastmasters members and how Toastmasters impacts their lives. You can find the Talking Toastmasters podcast at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This show is hosted and produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Welcome, Darlene. Thanks for having me. Happy to have a Toastmaster alum with us today. So I think you said you you remember joining around 2010. How long were you in Toastmasters and which club or clubs were you part of? It actually might have been earlier than that. I was a member of South Shore Soliloquy, which unfortunately is no longer um, in existence, but the club probably formally shut down about three years ago. And I believe I was in it 10 years before that. So dating back probably goes back to 2008 or so. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Social Soliloquy, for anybody who's curious, was, was a community club in Kingston, Mass. And they did choose to close, I want to say sometime in 2020 or 2019. Yeah, I think it was pre-COVID. It had nothing to do with COVID whatsoever. It was the chapter's choice, the club's choice. It didn't. Um, And we were a very robust club for many, many years. Probably had its the high points close to 30 or 40 members. And then people just got busy and we just weren't able to, to bring the membership in any longer. So some people ended up going off to other clubs and then others like myself just haven't found a, a new place yet, but I wouldn't rule it out for the future. Well, that's good to know you wouldn't rule out coming back. It's always nice mm-hmm. to hear. So do you recall, so I'm sure you recall a lot of what you did in Toastmasters. So what were some of the highlights for you of being a Toastmaster? I loved just the connections that I made with so many different people. I met people that were brilliant speakers, people that were afraid to get up and say anything. And I think that my favorite part of being involved in the club was watching the transformation of people who were so visibly uncomfortable from the beginning and then just grew into just incredibly comfortable established speakers. I thought it was always very motivating. That's awesome. Did you, do you remember having a favorite role? Yes. I always chose to be an evaluator and to participate in table topics, because to be completely honest with you, a lot of the times I wasn't in a position to prepare a speech. So doing those roles enabled me to stay very active and always provide, you know, a place in the meetings. 
Well, it's great because as an evaluator, you're up there for two to three minutes speaking and you have a different perspective than the table topic speaker that's off the cuff speaking. So you never know what's going to be thrown at you. And no exactly. prep is needed for that. Right. It just requires, I think the evaluator role just requires you to be a really good listener. And even in my line of work today, I think that the skills that I acquired there have really helped me to understand and ask the right questions of what businesses come to, to seek out from us. Oh, I love how it translates, translated into your work. That's, that's excellent. Do you remember having a most challenging role? Oh, a most challenging role. I think being the Toastmaster often was was challenging. And I did do it a number of times over the years that I was in the club, but I think that it was the last role I ever did. It took me a, it took me a long time to, to warm up to that. And I think once I did it, it was fine, but it's, it can be a very intimidating title, maybe because it is the Toastmaster of Toastmasters. So I (laughs) dragged my feet a bit on participating at that level. Well, that's interesting. I think a couple of people I've interviewed have maybe mentioned Toastmaster, but usually as a favorite role. So I, I find it interesting that you have a different perspective. And that's mm. one of the great things about talking with many different current and former Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. Did you ever participate in any leadership roles? In your 10 years, you must have, right? I, I did. I um, think I was involved with membership for some time. And then because I have a background in publicity, I also helped with the marketing of the club. Well, that is something that we do tap into people's fortes and strengths. Mm -hmm. So what about Toastmasters do you remember the most? What sticks out in your mind? I heard a few very, very moving speeches that I can very specifically recall, and they weren't always pleasant. I heard one speech in which one of the members recalled a drunk driving accident in which he killed someone. Um, And he actually was going to Toastmasters. He was a a junior operator when it happened, which is why he wasn't still in jail. And the reason that he was at Toastmasters was because he was on a track to become a motivational speaker and wanted to tell his story more broadly. And I will never forget that night. And I don't think anybody in the club would ever forget that night because none of us expected it. It was his first speech. No one knew the background. And to hear something that heavy was, it was, it was memorable. Thank you for sharing that with us. You never know what you're going to hear or learn at Toastmasters. And that's one of the things I love about it. Yes. So you've mentioned your work a few times. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and who is Darlene Hollywood? So I always start by saying that Hollywood is my real name. It's my maiden name. I have a married name, which is Hale. But some people think it's very contrived because my business is Hollywood Agency. And Hollywood Agency is an integrated marketing communications firm. Uh, Our whole goal is to make brands famous, which is a very fun pun and play off of my name, but we do everything from public relations to marketing services, digital programs, social media, creative services for a variety of organizations, some local, some national, some international. We play in 
B2B and B2C, very much a generalist firm. And that's very purposeful because I believe that companies come to agencies because they're looking for creativity and objectivity. And when you do the same kinds of programs or work in the same industries over and over, I think you lose the ability to have that um, creativity. I love that. So tell us a little bit about you as a person, Darlene, other than thank you for telling us that Hollywood really is your last name. (laughs) I think it's a cool last name. It it is a cool last name. It's English, I guess. That's that's what I hear. Uh, I am the mother of two beautiful teenage daughters. My oldest is a freshman at Hofstra University this year, and my youngest is a junior at Marshfield High School. I am an avid pet lover. I have three dogs, two labs, and a rescue from Puerto Rico, and two cats, as well as a bearded dragon. We have an office pet that's a spotted turtle that I've adopted. I... Like any kind of physical activity, uh, I'm not a great skier, but I enjoy it very much. I do do some scuba diving, particularly in the Caribbean when we're on vacation. I love yard work. Give me a rake and a 19-inch push mower, and I'll be happy for a few hours. Anything physical that gets me outside and moving. Are you available for hire? (laughs) (laughs) I've I've got enough work to keep me busy at my own place. So how did, um, how can, how did what you learned in Toastmasters help you in your career? Well, I'm in the position of owning and overseeing new business for the agency. And because of that, we're always involved in pitch presentations. So getting, being able to command a room, share my ideas, be articulate, listen to what they're saying. I think all of those things have been so beneficial in the practice that I got. And there were even times in Toastmasters, the few times that I actually used the club to prepare a pitch presentation for a client. Toastmasters is a great place to practice. Yes, it was great. It was really helpful. Did you ever mentor anybody when you were in Toastmasters? Not so formally. Um, I, I actually, we tried to work with the prison down in Plymouth. And I was involved in that group early on, bringing the club and their, uh, you know, to, to the prisoners there. Unfortunately, it, the program never got off because we had a couple of, they had a couple of internal security issues that they weren't be able to, to overcome. But I, I always thought that it was such an incredible idea based on, you know, the recidivism rates of prisoners that participate in Toastmasters groups is extremely low. People, once they have the confidence and they're able to to speak and articulate and land a job, they don't tend to go back to prison. So I thought that there was a lot of value in that. And I was, it was unfortunate that we couldn't really make that happen. That is unfortunate. I agree. <laughs> I've heard a lot about the prison clubs over my tenure in Toastmasters, so they're still around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I came in a few years after, probably around, the, you were probably still there, but we didn't know each other. We were probably mm. like crossed by a year or two, is my guess. Yeah. What else about Toastmasters left a mark on you or left a lasting impression that you would want others to know about? 
I think the camaraderie and the friendships. I mean, there's there are people in the club that I was in for years that are are still very dear friends of mine. Um, you know, we we actually lost one of our founding members a couple of years ago, and we all had the opportunity, even after the fact that the club had dissolved, to get together with him in really his final months and spend some quality time. So the relationships and the the friends that I got from the club will always be with me. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. So did you do anything outside of the club? Any leadership? Go to any conferences? Participate in any contests? Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, I didn't participate in any Toastmaster contest, but I did go attend a number of them. And because of the leadership role that I did have for some time, I did go to the trainings. But that dates back from really the beginning of my tenure. So I, I'm not even sure that I'd be able to give a lot of context because it was so long ago. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's evolved quite a bit because there's this online component now. And mm. there was an online component when I joined in 2016. <laughs> There right. is now. And I think that was partly COVID related, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Um, even just going to the contests and TLIs yes. and meeting fellow Toastmasters from all over. It's a lot of fun. Well, just even cheering on the people from your club that, you know, being there to support them, I think was was great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So a couple of things you mentioned when you filled out your form to be a guest, one of which is, I want to learn about this Diane Davis Beacon Award that you won from the PR Society of America Boston chapter. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think what's so special about it is it's an award that is derived from the nomination of the folks in the, in the community um, that are involved in, in the chapter. So it's, it was awarded by my peers um, and it recognizes lifetime achievement in the profession of public relations. Very honored to have received that. That's amazing. How long have you been in the business again? Since about what year? 25 years. So the late nineties. Late nineties. Yes. And when did you start your firm? I started my firm about just a little bit more than 10 years ago. So 2011, 2010? Yes, 2011. So you're definitely into your second decade. That's awesome. Yes. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So you mentioned your passions are board membership and participation. Now, before I hand the floor over to you, are they independent of each other or a crossover or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Great. Okay. Just wanted to know. So let's talk a little bit about board membership and participation. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I haven't talked about this with anybody yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to support a number of really amazing organizations. I sit on the the charitable board for the NVNA and hospice in which we're all charged with trying to help 
showcase and raise awareness for philanthropy within the organization so that nobody that needs use of specifically the Pat Roach Hospice House is ever turned away. I also participate as a member of the British American Business Council of New England. And even though I have currently no clients that are UK-based, uh, the, the purpose of that board is to help really um, establish better business relations across the pond. So that's very much, one's a very charitable board, one's very much focused on business relations. I've always participated in membership with Public Relations Society of America. I actually sat on that board for more than a decade, but have since stepped down to let somebody else grow into the role. And from you know my standpoint, I think a lot of people take board positions to take the title and to be able to say they sit on a board. But I think that if you're going to do it, you really do need to participate. So in all of the opportunities that I've taken on, it's I've I've definitely carved out specific roles and challenges to help each organization overcome. Is there a particular board that you would really like to shine a spotlight on? Or do you have any specific suggestions for anyone who doesn't really know what it's what being a board member is and might want some information. I I think that people think that the title is very intimidating, but if there's an organization that you're interested in that you want to help, particularly in the non not for profit arena, these the board positions that I hold are not paid positions. Um, they're just purely volunteer opportunities. And if you if there's an organization that you really believe in, then call the organization and say you want to get involved. The easiest way to to join into a board is to start as a volunteer in an organization, and then you can potentially um, ladder up into into a seat. So what's one of your biggest takeaways, or maybe a couple of your takeaways since you've been on boards for a long time, which I appreciate. What's some of your, a couple of your key takeaways as being a member of a board? And if they're different between for-profit and nonprofit, feel free mm-hmm. to divide them up. Yeah, and I think there is. I mean, the reason that I'm intimately involved with uh, NVNA and hospice is because my mom actually was at the Pat Roach Hospice Home and, and passed there. And I was I was so thankful for the service that they provided to my mother and my family that I saw that as an opportunity to give back to the organization. The professional boards that I sit on I would probably even carve up some of those because I think that the British American Business Council is a board that I participate in somewhat for selfish reasons, because I'm always looking to find new opportunities. And I thought that becoming involved with an international organization could potentially open some doors overseas. And then my role when I was involved with the Public Relations Society of America was really more about believing that I'm going to do, again, a little bit of a selfish take on it, that if I can help grow and nurture the profession and mentor younger members of the profession, it's going to bolster the entire business, including my own. So very different reasons for participating on different, with different organizations. 
when I worked with, you know, Toastmasters on the leadership, it was because I believed in the club and I wanted to help out to make sure that it remained viable. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you weren't done. So I love that you have a different reason for each organization that you're part of. I think that shows a different aspect to different people. Um, I think that's great. So let's take a moment to do what's one of my favorite parts. And actually a lot of my guests love this part. Let's flip the table and have you ask Angela almost anything. I would love to know how you got this podcast started. And I'm sure that I'm not the first person that's asked that question. And you will not be the last. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, thank you for asking, first of all. How this podcast came to be is in the summer of 2020. <laughs> think of where we are. Summer of 2020, I had started my Pathways um, education and I looked ahead and said, is there something I can do either level one or two or um, level one or two requirement or uh, an elective in any of the further levels that I could do for work and help me with my career? That was the angle I took on it. What came out of it had nothing to do with my career. Um, I wrote down four different things, including starting a blog, creating a podcast. And then my dad said something to me in early September and mentioned that my cousin and godson, William, has his own podcast company, which I didn't realize. I think I did somewhere in my brain. So I contacted him and we had a conversation and he was home for a weekend in September when we chatted some more and we took it from there, it kind of manifested itself from there. And it has become such a great way for me to stay in touch with him. It gives us something to talk about. Um, you know, it gives um, my aunt and uncle who are his parents, we get we talk about it too a little bit because I guess, I think my aunt says she listens to pretty much every single one of William's podcasts. Um, you know, she supports him obviously. So it mm -hmm. came to be that I actually signed up for this program called Drive Your Life. I used it to help me create my podcast. Like all the steps I had to take, guests, get things organized. My business coach at the time, Elaine, helped me with parts of it as well because she had a podcast. So she was able to give me real behind the scenes info. Mm. It just evolved from there. I, I set up a Facebook page and I pretty much do it through Facebook and uh, Gmail. Um, Facebook.com slash Talking Toastmasters, super simple to find. Then I have mm -hmm. the guest form in there every seventh or eighth post or so. People can easily find it. It's really cool. I've interviewed pretty much people from the U.S. Um, my podcast episode that aired in March of 2022 was my first international guest from Canada. That was the first country I was going to go to. It was the easiest. Made the most sense. But um, I'm really enjoying because every single person is different and has a different journey. Mm-hmm. So it's just really wonderful. This is a great way to meet different Toastmasters from all over, learn about their clubs, who they are, find some tidbit, see what other guests I've interviewed have in common with them, such as their most favorite role, their favorite role, their most challenging role, or some leadership. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun. I enjoy it. Excellent. It's a great question. Do you have another question for me by any chance? You are a PR person, so I'm expecting you to just just shoot them at me. <laughs> I guess I would ask what your favorite interview has been mm -hmm. for your podcast. 
If there was a memorable moment, much like you asked me. Oh, a memorable moment. I don't know. This is so challenging. <sighs> so for the listeners at home, I'm like looking around my room as if I'm going to get the answer on my wall. Um, <laughs> there's been so many good conversations. I think with Jeremy at the, I didn't realize he was in Rotary till like the last couple minutes of the interview. We were like about to wrap up and he mentioned that he's in Rotary. And I'm like, time out, we got to keep talking. <laughs> so I think that was a surprise that came out of it. One of my most recent ones, Ermi out of Canada. We just had a really flowy conversation. It was great. She asked me, she's like, well, I'm going to have a question and then a follow-up and then maybe another follow-up. And I'm like, okay, like she warned me. <laughs> she was ready to like go. I think she's ready to be a podcast host. She was just all lined up and ready to go. But um, that was a wonderful conversation. I don't know if it's because it was my first international conversation and we just jived on a lot of things. We had a couple of things in common too. Not that I don't have something in common with everybody because Toastmasters, but I usually find a couple of things in common with everybody, but I feel like we just hit a stride a couple of times and which I guess is a great testament since she was one of my most recent interviews. Mm-hmm you know, since prior to interviewing you, I'm just trying to think. I've only had a couple interviews in 2022 because I had a bunch stacked up. But yeah, so I think that was probably memorable. Yeah. And what, what do you like to do when you're not podcasting or working? Oh, when I'm not working or podcasting. So you pulled all that aside. Yep. <laughs> um, I love exercising with friends, mm-hmm. travel. Disney's my favorite, favorite, favorite place to go. Florida is my favorite state. Um, I like to explore new places. So I do want to hit every state eventually, uh, which isn't always easy because of my motion sickness, but I will get it done. I've got little plans here in my head. I'll go to Canada and Alaska. Is the motion sickness on a plane or on a boat or both or in a car? Everything. 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 So yeah, I, I have some ideas. You know, go hit a couple states at the same time, do a little driving and that type of thing. Maybe find a friend who wants to go explore a couple of the same states and we'll just fly out there and road trip it a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's an idea. Just some thoughts while not shaving, (laughs) as they say. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Do you like to travel at all? I do. And I've been to, I believe the last count was 40. Three, 42 or 43 of the states. And it, that's very much the benefit of my job. I've, I just actually got back yesterday from uh, San Francisco, but I've traveled to Alaska on business. I've traveled all down south on business across the country. I've been to North Dakota on business. A lot of places where other people don't have the opportunity to go, I've been. That's awesome. Uh, what has been one of your favorite or most surprising states? Um, I love Montana, just for the openness of it. I don't think I've ever been anywhere before where they call it Big Sky for a reason. You just can see nothing but Big Sky. That's awesome. It's a beautiful state. It's definitely one of the states I have not yet been to. <laughs> So is there anything else I have not brought up that you wanted to talk about? No, I think this was a lot of fun. 
Well, thank you. I'm so glad you agreed to this interview. And yeah. you did mention the doors open. So maybe I'll uh, invite you to a meeting in the future. One of the many clubs in our geographic area. What is the club that you go to most? My home club is Network Voice Toastmasters in Weymouth, Mass. Okay. I have been a member of a couple of other clubs, including Advanced Orders and Spirited Speakers. Mm. And the cool thing about Spirited Speakers is they meet the opposite Wednesdays as Network Voice. So it was just like, I have a Toastmasters meeting to attend every Wednesday. Or I have the ability to attend a Toastmasters meeting every Wednesday. Right, right. I can visit a number of clubs whenever I want because I've got friends in so many clubs now from leadership, going to conferences and contests. So it's been great. I I love it. I know. I I do miss it. It was a great, great opportunity for sure. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll have you back someday to say hi to some fellow Toastmasters and uh, maybe get you to join again, possibly. Like I said, I, I won't rule it out. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I love talking about boards. Again, never talked about that with anybody before. So this is a great conversation topic. And it's wonderful to hear how Toastmasters helped your career and how you still have fond memories of it. So that's wonderful for our listeners to hear. Excellent. Well, I enjoyed it. Well, thank you. So do you have any parting thoughts, any parting words from the listeners before we sign off? Even beyond being a better speaker, I think that I learned a lot about preparation and preparedness and always coming to the table or to the room or to the conversation with an idea planted that I could, I could speak to. And I think that that's something that people may not think about when they join because everybody's so interested in public speaking, but it's also about just preparedness. Well, thank you, Darlene. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Talking Toastmasters and subscribe at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com slash Talking Toastmasters. Talking Toastmasters is produced and hosted by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Thanks to our sponsor, District 31 Toastmasters, my home district. District 31 helps Toastmasters clubs in Eastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island become where leaders are made. Learn how District 31 Toastmasters can help you become a more powerful speaker and impactful leader by visiting district31.org slash talking Toastmasters.